0: If you haven't grabbed a hold of that just yet, today our focus, as we look at Hosea, is on faith and mercy. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Uh, allow me to bring everyone up to speed, if you will, with where we are in Hosea today, um, and then I'll get to where we need to be. For the most part, Hosea, as a prophet, has been called the deathbed prophet of Israel. You may think that's a harsh title. <laughs> Who wants that title? Um, But the the reality is, he was the last prophet to prophesy before the northern kingdom fell to Assyria. And it's been said that his ministry followed this golden age in the northern kingdom. He prophesied that there was kind of this golden age in the northern kingdom where peace and prosperity not seen since the days of Solomon. Unfortunately, with peace and prosperity came moral decay. And Israel began to forsake God to worship idols. And so God instructed Hosea in in chapter 1 verse 2 to marry a wife of whoredom whose unfaithfulness to her husband would serve as an example of Israel's unfaithfulness to God. Hosea then explained God's complaint against Israel. He warned of the punishment that would come unless the people returned to the Lord and and remained faithful to him. As we go through this study, we need to keep in mind the book of Hosea shows the depth of God's love for his people. A love that is full of mercy. A love that tolerates no rivals. And a love that requires faith. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to be here to to share from the prophet Hosea his words. I pray that we'll, we'll understand what you would have us do upon hearing these words. And that we would live out boldly what you ask of each of us. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. As, as we get started this morning though, I ask the praise team to, to stay up here for a moment. They're going to sing one more song. And as we look at Hosea chapter 2 and 3 today, I want you to keep in mind uh, the words from this song and you're going to see why it's important for us to maintain our faith in God. Go ahead. Give me faith to trust what you say. I hope you'll think on those things as I go through this. Let me ask you a question. Why should we desire to be people of mercy? Why is that something we should desire? Other than the fact that we appreciate when God extends mercy to us. Why should we be people of mercy? And ideally... As we grow in our faith, we should reflect that same mercy that God bestows on us to others. But make no mistake, there's a huge difference between extending mercy and condoning sin. We're going to look at Hosea chapter 2. And some of you may think, well, that's a very odd message to share on July 5th. But stay with me, because this gets amped up pretty quick. Hosea chapter 2, verse 1 says, Say of your brothers, my people, and of your sisters, my loved one, Rebuke your mother, rebuke her, for she is not my wife and I am not her husband. Let her remove the adulterous look from her face and the unfaithfulness from between her breasts. Otherwise I will strip her naked and make her as bare as on the day she was born. When you become as naked as the day you were born, you pretty much have nothing. Let me make that very clear. I will make her like a desert, turn her into a parched land, and slay her with thirst. I will not show my love to her children because they are the children of adultery. Their mother has been unfaithful and has conceived them in disgrace. She said, I will go after my lovers who give me my food and my water, my wool and my linen, my olive oil and my drink. Therefore, I will block her path with thorn bushes. I will wall her in so that she cannot find her way. Verse 7. She will chase after her lovers but not catch them. She will look for them but not find them. Then she will say, I will go back to my husband as at first. For then it was bet- I was better off than now. Sorry. She has not acknowledged that I was the one who gave her the grain, the new wine and oil, who lavished on her the silver and gold which they used for Baal. Therefore I will take away my grain when it ripens, and my new wine when it is ready. I will take back my wool and my linen that cover her body. So now I will expose her lewdness before the eyes of her lovers. No one will take her out of my hands. I will stop all her celebrations, her yearly festivals, her new moons, her Sabbath days, all her appointed festivals. I will ruin her vines and her fig trees, which she said were paid from her lovers. I will make them a thicket, and wild animals will devour them. I will punish her for the days she burned incense through the bales. She decked herself with rings and jewelry and went after her lovers, but but me she forgot, (coughs) declares the Lord. Therefore, I am now going to allure her. I will lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. There, I will give her back her vineyards, and will make the valley of Achor a door of hope. There, she will respond as in the days of her youth, as in the day she came up out of Egypt. In that day, declares the Lord, you will call me your husband, and you will no longer call me my master. I will remove the names of the Baals from her lips. No longer will their names be invoked. Verse 18. In that day I will make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field the birds in the sky and the creatures that move along the ground bow and sword and battle I will abolish from the land so that all may lie down in safety I will betroth to you excuse me I will betroth you to me forever I will betroth you in righteousness and justice in love and compassion verse 20 I will betroth you in faithfulness and you will acknowledge the Lord I will, in that day, I will respond, declares the Lord. I will respond to the skies, and they will respond to the earth. Verse 22, and the earth will respond to the grain, the new wine, and the olive oil, and they will respond to Jezreel. I will plant for her, excuse me, I will plant her for myself in the land. I will show my love to the one I called not my loved. I will say to those called not my people, you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. Now, originally, I just wanted to read the last couple of verses. But as I studied through this, and I looked at these words, I realized we can't truly appreciate what's happening in verses 17 through 23 without understanding the whole chapter. You see, the first half of this chapter is talking about the punishment that is for the nation Israel. And because, as a nation, they had taken the blessings of God... They had taken their abundant crops. They had taken their massive vineyards. They had taken the gold and the silver and even their physical selves that were blessings from God. They had taken those and they handed them over to Baal worshiping. It didn't happen overnight, but it happened over years. And this is what has happened. They took the blessings of God and they handed them over to a a lesser God, to an idol to worship. Does this sound familiar? You know, when, when most people read through Hosea... They get caught up on, on, on what a wretched woman Gomer is. And, and how can she do this to her husband? How can she continually uh, go and prostitute herself out over and over again? And, and, and why would Hosea keep going to get her? But that's not what it's about. Yeah, it's part of the story. It, it sets the illustration. But it's about God's redeeming love. It's His love that brings about mercy in our lives. It's because of His redeeming love and His patience with us. You know, as He punishes, He also restores. That's because of His redeeming love. And through God's restoration of Israel, Israel finds freedom. We can find the same freedom in those things today. Last week, two weeks ago, excuse me, we shared with you uh, the meaning of the names of Hosea's kids. Each name was partnered with a negative meaning. As we come out of chapters 1 and 2, we're seeing that, that Hosea has made these prophecies to Israel's northern, northern kingdom about what's going to happen. And, and it's not good. It's doom. We shared that. But also, in this whole process of what, of what Hosea is saying, God seeks restoration for Israel. And, and Israel, as a people, would still achieve her purpose in God's story. Remember, our God keeps His promises. He made a promise to Abraham. He made a promise to Isaac. He made a promise to Jacob that their descendants would be like the sand of the sea. And what we see here as we go from from a word of punishment to words of restoration is that Hosea's son Jezreel, in the first chapter, that meant um, that God scatters in judgment is what that name meant. But here, as we hear the name Jezreel, it means God is sowing for growth. Okay? So there was punishment, but there's also a plan for restoration. And for those who are going to follow God, he is going to scatter for growth. Also with Lo Ruhamah, the name that meant she has not obtained compassion becomes Ruhamah. She has obtained compassion. That's us. We're the recipients of God's compassion, of his grace. Lo Ami, not my people, now becomes Ami, my people. Even when God is declaring punishment for the nation Israel, he is setting out restoration for Israel as a people That's how awesome our God is. Uh, Do you see this? Here's a time in history when Israel as a nation has once again turned its back on God. And as you look from from the beginning till now, it it was a continuous thing. And it looks like God's plan for the coming Messiah is going to be over because of these these curses and what, what is being called down on Israel. The nation has gone belly up, so to speak. And it really had. But God still has a plan. And He makes restoration for the individual available. He is sharing through Hosea what is coming. I guess what I'm trying to say here is that no matter what happens around us, no matter what our nation chooses to do, no matter what our coworkers choose to do, no matter what even some of our family members choose to do, or how people may try to deny God and His existence, God still has made a way for the remnants of Israel. God still has made a way... Those who have accepted His Word and who live according to it. And it doesn't matter what's voted in or what's voted on or what's voted out. What matters is that we honor God first. That we live our lives as a reflection of Him. That's what we're called to do. That's what mercy and faith are all about. We're not here to judge. We're not he- we are here to be faithful to Him. We are here to show mercy to others. We are to be a reflection of Jesus Christ. No matter what anyone else chooses to do. Let me share this with you, and I think you'll see how it's up to us as individuals to make the right decisions, both in our personal lives and as we set examples for our family and for our friends. Many years ago, there was a small Jewish boy, and he asked his father, why must we surrender our Jewish faith and start to attend Lutheran services here in Germany? The father replied, son, we must abandon our faith so that people will accept us and support our business adventures. The young boy never got over his disappointment and his bitterness. His faith in his father and in his religion were crushed. And when the boy left Germany as a young adult, he went to England to study at the British Museum where he formed his philosophies for life. And from those intensive investigations, he wrote a book that changed the world. The book was called The Communist Manifesto. From that book, one-third of the world fell under the spell of Marxist-Leninist ideology. The name of that little boy was Karl Marx. He influenced billions of people into a stream that for 70 years ruined, imprisoned, and confused many, many lives. Today, that system of thinking has crumbled, but only after people got a good look at the tragic consequences. You see, the influence of his father's hypocrisy, it multiplied into infamy. The harsh reality is this. Without godly faith... All of us are subject to distortions in our perspectives. That's why Israel failed like it did. They lost their faith. They lost their faith and and they become subject to the distortions of the perspectives of what was going on in their lives. We have to remember that as individuals without godly faith and the wisdom to extend mercy that we also will be subject to distortions in our perspectives of what's right and what is wrong or what is what is acceptable or not acceptable you know in hosea chapter 3 there are five verses that i want to share them with you right now and 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 i want you to remember that hosea's life is the illustration here to israel okay hosea's life is the illustration and here we find it in hosea's reconciliation With his wife. And this is what it says. The Lord said to me. Go show your love to your wife again. Though she is loved by another man. And is an adulteress. Love her. As the Lord loves the Israelites. Though they turn to other gods. And love the sacred. Raisin cakes. I'm going to stop right there for a second. It's awesome. The, The raisin cakes. Were part of Baal worship. And and it was part of, they, they baked them, and, and they, they presented them to Baal, and then they ate them. And, and it's just funny, because we do the same things. You know, we, we, we love those sacred raisin cakes. And I don't know what it is in your life that, that you hold sacred besides God, but we all have those things. We could loosely translate them as sin for today's purpose. I don't know what it is you're holding on to that you think is the sweetest thing in the world, but it's wretched and it's sin and it's taking you away from God and you're losing your faith and you're losing the ability to show mercy to others. Verse 2, So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and a lethic of barley. I need to pause here again. Technically, he already owned her. She was his wife and in that time she was basically his property. He didn't have to buy her back. He could have gone and taken her home. In the same sense, we are God's creation. Made in His likeness. At any time, He could come and take us with undivided attention and take us back to Him. But instead, He chose to purchase us by sending His Son. And it was real. Because he doesn't want us to be little robots. He wants us to be real. And he wants us to love him. And he wants us to have a desire for him. So he bought us. He paid that price with the life of his son. The next verse says, As he brings his wife home, I told her, you are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man. And I will behave the same way toward you. He's bringing his wife home for a cleansing time. She's not going to be with anyone, including him. For the Israelites will live many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred stones, without ephod or household gods. Afterward, the Israelites will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come trembling to the Lord and to his blessings in the last days. This reference here, about the Israelites returning to seek the Lord their God and and returning to, to David their king in trembling is a reference to when Christ comes back. Man, I get excited about that. Hosea says to his wife, and God says to Israel, they will come trembling to the Lord, to his blessings in the last days. Those same blessings that God gave them in the beginning, that they turned and gave back to Baal, Scripture says they're going to come back, trembling before the Lord, and they're going to come back to His blessings. There's a story about a mother who came to Napoleon on behalf of her son. He was about to be executed. Now, the mother asked the ruler to issue a pardon, but Napoleon pointed out to her that it was the man's second offense and that justice demanded death. The mother said, I, I don't ask for justice, I plead for Mercy. And the emperor objected. He said, but your son doesn't deserve mercy. Sir, the mother replied, it would not be mercy if he deserved it. And mercy is all I ask. Her son was granted the pardon. It's kind of the same way for us with God. His blessings of mercy, if they're deserved, it's not mercy, it's justice. Because that's what we deserve is justice. But instead, he gives us mercy. We need to make sure that we practice the same thing by extending mercy. Not just to those that we deem worthy, but to those who are undeserving. Hosea chapter 6, verse 6 says, For I desire mercy, not sacrifice and acknowledgement of God, rather than burnt offerings. You see, we can go around the neighborhood and, and our jobs and our schools. We can go everywhere talking about how we acknowledge God. We, we can go everywhere and say that we're a Christian. God doesn't necessarily need that. He needs us to act like Christians. He needs us to live out that mercy that He's given us. Our sacrifices don't mean a whole lot. Our offering, our time of communion, our time of worry, it doesn't mean anything when we walk out of here and go back to being judgmental and hypocritical and, and harsh to the people that God has entrusted in us to share the good news. I desire mercy, not sacrifice and acknowledgement of God, rather than burn offerings. Folks, we can sit back and complain about all the things that are going wrong in our world. Or we can stand up and we can say, I'm going to do what is right. I'm going to acknowledge and I'm going to honor God. That's what I'm asking you to do today. As we come to our response time, stop asking God for justice on this world. Because truth is, we don't want God to deliver justice on us. If God came in this room right now to offer justice, who would want it? I want mercy. Stop asking God for justice on this world. Start asking Him for mercy in your life first. I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe your first step in that direction is baptism. Is is it time for you to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? Maybe you just need to repent, Christian. Maybe you need to seek a new direction. If you'd like prayer and accountability with that kind of decision, our elders are here. They'd love to pray with you and encourage you. Whatever your response is today, Don't be like the nation Israel. They reached a point in following God where they were stiff necked people and they refused to repent. Be like people Israel, but allow God to to restore them. Allow God to use you for his glory, regardless of what is going on around you, regardless of what the people around you are doing, regardless of what the nation or the world around you is doing. We need to be individuals of faith and mercy. That's what we need to be. And and if that's what you want to be, as we sing this song, go ahead and just stand and respond with us accordingly. It's been great to worship with you all this morning, but now it's time to go. As you go this week, make sure that you're not like the two men who worked on the Ocean Freightliner. One day the mate who normally doesn't drink, became intoxicated, and the captain entered into the log. Mate was drunk today. And the mate, he begged him to change the record, but the captain said, it's a fact, and on the record it stays. A few days later, the mate was keeping the log, and he concluded his entry with, the captain was sober today. Realizing, (laughs) there you go, think about it. Realizing how such a statement uh, would be perceived, the captain asked the mate to remove it. And the maid replied, well, sir, it's a fact, so on the record it stays. You know, the spirits of judgment and retaliation make for unpleasant shipmates. (laughs) And that's not what we're called to do. The uh, Phil, the the, uh, theologian from Duck Dynasty said, (laughs) Our culture has accepted two huge lies. The first is that if you disagree with someone's lifestyle, you must fear or hate them. The second is that to love someone means you agree with everything they believe in or do. Both are nonsense. You don't have to compromise your convictions to be compassionate. You don't have to compromise your faith to show mercy. And it's not up to us to judge. So as you go this week, go being grateful that the true captain captain of our souls is full of compassion, grace, and mercy. And we should faithfully live that out every day. Will you sing this last song with us?